Hi, uh, it's me, Josh. Sorry I'm late. Oh, this is a lovely restaurant. Very fancy. It doesn't matter, Josh. I didn't mind the wait. I've been waiting for so long. To be honest, I didn't even know if you'd turn up. I've never been on a blind date before. I'm a bit nervous. It's important to be nervous. It means you care. Have you ever... Dated a sentient universe before? No, this is my first time, actually. You look beautiful, by the way, the Solitract. Thank you, Josh. I've incarnated myself as your dead girlfriend, Molly. I hope this will make you trust me more. Oh, it, it will. I mean, I mean, it's sort of unsettling and, and definitely kind of insidiously creepy, but... Well, Molly always had a beautiful smile. I'm sorry. I was unaware that clothing myself in the flesh of your dead lover would be considered creepy. Would you like me to change? Yes. Uh, uh, no, uh, I don't know. Let's look at the menu. I love French food. I am French food. And France. And the Earth. I'm everything, Josh. You're sitting on me right now. Is that too forward? Um... Oh, uh, I'm not sure I can read this menu. <laughs> it's all written backwards. I can be anything you want me to be. Now I'm a frog. Now I'm a circus clown. Back to a frog again. I am all things, but mostly I'm a frog. I'm feeling a little sick. Perhaps we should take a rain check. Uh, we can do this again another night. No, Josh. You'll stay with me forever. Kiss me, Josh. Kiss the frog. Why? Will you turn into a beautiful princess or something? You'll just have to see, Josh. Kiss me. Kiss my little froggy mouth. Oh my god! That's right, Josh. I've transformed into a slightly different frog. I can do this all day, Josh. I have a near-infinite supply of them. Incremental amphibian variations. Am I not fascinating? Don't you want to stay with me always? I want you. Always and forever. Good evening, sir, madam. Can I interest you both in a starter? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll have the frog's legs. Josh, this isn't going to work out. Hello there and welcome to the Oodcast episode 10. We'll be talking today about It Takes You Away. Creepy Scandi Noir. It was a bit Scandi Noir, wasn't it? Yeah, I reckon. Do you think when they came up with this season, they were like, okay, we're going to have an episode and each one is going to be in a different popular genre? Oh, I quite like that idea. Okay, so what will some of the other ones be? I don't know if this bears fruit in any other episode, but I think this one, as you say, is the killing and the bridge and stuff. But Doctor Who... 
Somebody had been watching quite a lot of that. I mean, there are people who wear woolly jumpers in it, and mm. they are in Scandinavia. And the bridge is about two different worlds meeting and a crime that's of halfway between both of them. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. I Case thought closed. There was a special guest star in this episode who was absolutely incredible. No, I'm not talking the about... The frog. Hey, you cheeky boy. I'm not talking about the gorgeous Norwegian scenery. I'm talking about the lady who played Hunna. I like how everyone pronounced Hanna differently every time they said it. Hanna, Hanna. Even the doctor Hannah. was having trouble with it. She called her Hanna at one point, I think. Hanna. Hanna. Oh. So the TARDIS can do everything except Norwegian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, I really, I'm always really excited about accents in Doctor Who, because if we take the idea that the TARDIS is translating everything for the companions and mm. for the Doctor, that means that it decided to let the two Norwegians still have an accent. So I'm not going to translate it completely. I'm still going to give them a bit of an accent. I mean, I wonder if that's a useful differential just to be like, so you can group people by how they're likely to respond to things based on where they're from and what their cultural references are. Probably that's the case. I think, first of all, all of that landscape is a knockout. Mm. It makes uh, me so happy. I've always been one for a bit of a fjord. There's a way of remembering how what how to identify a fjord geographically okay they're a deep steep inlet of the sea a deep steep inlet of the sea yes that's right i think that the frilly bits <laughs> that's what slotty bartfast says and <laughs> i think the doctor around. says it as well yeah, she does she says the frilly bits around the top just um before she starts talking about a gift shop with a low trip advisor rating which she gets from the soil I mean, there are a lot of bits to love in this episode. Um, I very much like the idea of the Woolly Rebellion, which is going to happen just around the corner. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, human and ovine citizens of Earth, my well-insulated friends and I would like to make a joint statement following our negotiations. I'll take it from here, Prime Minister. We listened to the arguments put to us, and let me tell you, the negotiations were rough. I was the toughest negotiator ever. We fought hard. At one stage, there was a fight. That's right, I fought a sheep. It was like punching a walking cloud. I won. I got the best deal ever for the world. That's what I was going to say. Well, I said it. And it's so true, I can't believe it myself. This deal was all my own work, and I work hard, the hardest, harder than anyone has ever worked in the history of hardworkingness. What was the deal, Mr. President? Does that even matter? I have made the planet graze again. What does that even mean? It means they are the masters now. All hail the ovine overlords. I thought that there were parts of this episode that despite the fact that the overall premise was really very interesting and a lot of the characters were pulling out some fantastic performances and really, really 
sewing up and or maybe what I mean is bedding in some of the character arcs that we've seen being described over the course of the series, there were still quite a few bits of it that felt a bit clunky and overlong to me. I would have liked to have had them stumbling around in the tunnel a little bit less. Yeah, that's something I was thinking too. I think probably you could take out the entire anti-zone bit, which I like to think of as a blister that the two worlds had rubbed up against each other and caused a time and space blister. A blister full of moths. Oh, can you imagine what that would be like? That would be so horrible. It would be really bad. Like, like, you know how there are some species of fly that lay larvae in your skin and then... They are called flesh moths. Yes, yes, it's so horrible. So I think you don't need that bit. If there was a problem with this episode, it was pacing. Because I watched it again just now. And the bit at the end where the Doctor has to break up with a sentient universe is such an awesome Doctor Who-ish trope. But they haven't been together enough to make the break I'm going to be your friend forever. It's like, what? What do you mean? You've just met them. Mm. If, if if this went on for longer, if it was maybe a two-parter and the whole second episode was the Doctor having given up our, the real world and, and decided to stay in order to save her friends and slowly she realised that it was killing them both and they had really got on, that would be really powerful. But I think they then had to squish that down into about two minutes of dialogue. And it definitely didn't do justice to that whole concept and also that... Yeah, the perfect companion for a sentient universe would be somebody like the Doctor. I mean, that's not to say that Kevin Eldon as Ribbons didn't do a cracking good job at appearing incredibly creepy. Oh, Kevin Eldon's amazing. But it was just a bit of a wasted performance because I think that whole section felt like treading water. It did. I just think there could have been so much more there if you'd have just taken out that bit. But then there wouldn't have been any nasty monsters and flesh moths and flesh moths oh i mean i suppose they were technically the nasty monsters i mean it did mean that we got the absolutely cracking line of that's not my we perfect i loved it it's an absolutely batshit crazy episode in a lot of ways and i always love mad doctor who so i'm fine with Kermit at the end. I think that bit's awesome. I think a sentient universe that has reincarnated itself as a frog is fine. That stuff is all amazing to me. I think that the last act where the Doctor is chatting with the um, what's the face? The Solitract. Nice memory. Thanks. Um, yeah, that definitely could have done with another five minutes at least of screen time I reckon and I'm frankly not necessarily convinced that the solar tract would have given the doctor up so here's a being that craves since the beginning of time since the beginning of time finally has access to it and is almost willing to die rather than continue existing I'm not sure that actually a sentient universe that is that lonely wouldn't just be like, fine, screw it. You know, parts of me will drop off and collapse and collide. You know, you're going to stay here and we're going to talk about bits and bobs. No, the character beat works, I think, that in the end, the universe grows to love the Doctor so much that it would rather be lonely and let the Doctor live and travel and go on 
than die. I think that works. It just didn't quite have the time to sell it. That would yeah. be my problem. Yeah. The whole structure of this episode is beautiful. In the woods, there's a cabin, and in the cabin is a mirror, and in the mirror is a labyrinth, and in the labyrinth is a whole new universe. That's all amazing. It's a really cool story. I don't, yeah, as I say, I think there's just problems with the way it was shown, but that doesn't take away from the act of imagination that created it, mm. which is immensely Doctor Who-ish and immensely interesting. And I like how it also, again, delves into the nature of grief, how grief has the potential to make monsters of us. Uh, Honor's father has become that monster, quite literally. He has walled his blind teenage daughter into the house and trapped her with boards over the windows when the only thing that she can see is light and then fenced her in with bear traps and frightening noises I, and is completely oblivious to the kinds of damage that he's doing. Graham comes at the grief from a different angle and I thought that that was very, very interesting how both of them approach their dead wives in a completely different way. For Graham, the knowledge that Ryan is in some danger is enough to break him out of it. That's not enough for Eric. He actually has to be forced away. There is a hint in the story that Eric is suffering from some kind of very deep depression. He's not mentally healthy. But very because much. we don't know what he used to be like, we only meet this character very near the end of the episode. I think that's sort of glossed over in a way. Um, Graham is at least dealing with Grace's death. I mean, he's running away from it, really. Yeah. I mean, Eric doesn't have the doctor that's true yes graham has certain advantages in a way i thought it was important to show that that's what grief can do to somebody who's left behind because we all know that ryan is basically experiencing the same thing as honor was mm -hmm. or is which is why he reacted so badly when the dad left he has got these ghosts of what it's like he automatically assumed that the dad had bad intentions and in the end he's right yes he is which nobody actually said he's like oh no i'm wrong okay yeah no um, i apologize i shouldn't have said that but oh my if he wasn't right all along and there were so many heartbreaking moments in the evolution of honor and ryan's relationship when she's questioning him about the doctor writing on the wall that they should assume that the, the dad has just gone and find somebody else who can take care of her, which in many ways might be best for her. And that moment where she finally accepts his help and then goes to hug him at the end because she realises that, yes, he was right, and that means he's experienced the same thing as she has. It's definitely Ryan's episode, and I think Mr Sinclair comes into his own during this one. He gets to grow and change. He gets to win Hannah's respect. He gets to finally call Graham granddad. There's all these nice big moments. And I think he's really good in this. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed him. Like even to the part where he finds that wire leading out into the garden, doesn't assume it's some kind of booby trap or anything, but follows it out and fires the speakers. At which point I was just like, oh, what a bastard the dad is. 
Um, I also thought that it was an absolutely fantastic performance from the young actress who played Honor. She was excellent. Um, I assume she's actually blind. Yes, I'm, I'm certain that she is. With this production team, I would assume that if they create a differently abled role, they would probably find an actor who... You've got to hope they would yeah. do that. In many ways, that was probably the only part where the anti-zone actually had a bit more of um, an impact because for her to go in there, she was probably the only one who could navigate it. I again, like the others, I imagine that was part of the original story because we had all that stuff with the string and the doctor loses her umbilical. But then at the end, they all just run straight back to the old world without having to have any kind of help. So I imagine the fact that she was blind, the fact that there was no light in the anti zone apart from what ribbons could provide, who obviously gets killed halfway through i'm sure at some point in the script that was important <laughs> yeah. and then we just forget about it but either well, not way forget about it i think sometimes these things in the edit room they're cut for time or whatever and we just lose them i'm going to be charitable about it do you have any overarching thoughts about this episode a lot of people really responded to this episode and think it's beautiful it wasn't my favorite of the season it was really good i think it's a it was a really lovely story i have some issues with the way that it was actually put onto screen but definitely the good outweighs the bad i i enjoyed it i enjoyed how silly they were willing to go with it i was i enjoyed how dark they were they were willing to go with it as well i think particularly the performances with graham and ryan in this anchor it so i really enjoyed it for that relationship and for everything surrounding those two characters. Yeah, I agree. The granddad moment was a fantastic one to get to. I enjoyed the doctor's impish, sprite-like, soil-eating. I mean, you know? who doesn't enjoy the doctor <laughs> all the time? Uh, did you know there's a, a, a word for that as well? Geophagy. That's where you eat rocks or soil, but you can't usually tell if there's a gift shop nearby. Nor the rating of a particular tourist attraction true well so all in all an episode that maybe had lost its way in the dark perhaps Ooh. Ooh. Oh, the way that you tie that back to the narrative arc of the story is a I thing know. of wonder my love um but of course there aren't just two ouds there are more and we are without Chris Alpha this week, but he has sent in a haiku, and I think this is an appropriate time to hear that. This is the haiku for It Takes You Away. Tempting universe just wants to be loved by them. A frog says goodbye. Lovely as always. Oh, that man. He has a word, a word with ways. Yeah, just like you, my love. He has a word <laughs> with ways. Hey, loyal listeners, it's possible that I may have had some gin before recording. Some pink gin. You are slurring your words amazingly. It's, Thank uh, it's, you. It's so funny. I love you. You'll be able to look back on this episode. And be like, oh, the episode where Tiddly Pom. I just loved it. I loved it. I just so good. Um, there's aunties uh, in the Norway. Hey, if you enjoy a drunken... Shenanigans? Shenanigans. We be getting into shenanigans. <laughs> Laura has been watching 
Teen Titans go to the movies. Yes. And enjoying the songs. Can, can we play a clip from Shenanigans now? Can we just do it? Sure. So there's a song that goes like this. <laughs> And now all the time she sings it. Because I love it. <laughs> uh, but if you have enjoyed our shenanigans, of course, you can come and visit us at our Facebook listeners group. It's called The Community. It's lovely. Yeah, most of the people there are proper good people, I reckon. Most of the people. Except for... <laughs> was that... yeah, Chris Foston. <gasps> <gasps> you cheeky devil. Uh, but I'm only joking because he's so charming. So, I know. Yeah. He's like a wonderful, he's like a Christmas bauble. That's right. Charming. Or you can follow us on various different web platforms. We're always at the Oodacast. Uh, that would be great. And finally, please, please, if you enjoy the Oodacast, we would love a review on iTunes. It'll only take a moment. And if you're American, we'll never see it. Because we only see the UK store, so you can say what you want. <laughs> yes, say say whatever you like, especially if it's nice. Hey, we've got a candle lit and it smells like gingerbread. Isn't that nice? And do you know why we've done that? It's because we wanted to evoke the spirit of hygge, which is a Scandinavian thing about feeling cosy and comfy and warm. Dr. Hooger, more like. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, everyone. See you next week where we promise to be sober. I don't. Hick. I just said hick. That doesn't work. Hick. 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 No. Hick. No. (laughs) Don't. You'll give yourself hiccups. How do you hiccup? I'm not going to do it because I'll give myself hiccups. Okay. I'll trigger my diaphragm and then it'll just all go to hell. Why are there so many songs about portals and what's on the other side? Portals in mirrors that offer illusions to comfort the grief inside. There's a whole you drawing us towards it waiting so solitary someday we'll find it the portal connection the doctor the grievers and me who said that every loss would find restitution said that life was fair build a small paradise fill it with lovers wishing can't hold them there a frog who's unstable it's granny five's fable centuries be Doctor, the grievers and me, all of 
us fighting our pain a comedy that still feels tragic have you been half asleep and have you heard monsters i've heard them roar and cry is this the cable connecting the speakers why did your father lie beauty and madness so wrapped up in sadness the new friend that you had to leave someday we'll find it the portal connection the doctor the grievers and me la da da dee